0: Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the Delta Green tabletop role playing game rules by Pelk Green Press. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. Listeners should know that this podcast may include mature language and themes. All content, including names, places, events, and etc., that may, may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. And now, Let's get on with the show. Uh, Good
1: evening. Thanks, Mike. Uh, My name is James, and I will be your handler for this evening and this um, foyer into Delta Green. Uh, It's our first sojourn into such territory, so I hope you guys enjoy it. And we're going to do some introductions here. You'll know almost everyone here. First would be Morgan.
2: Hi, I'm Morgan. I play Cassandra Callahan
1: that is yeah that 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 is all she will be able to say about this and you guys will understand why quite soon all right and next up will be silas he is uh new to the old ways podcast uh vocally um but
3: uh he is a supporter and uh silas go ahead Hello, this is silas a long time listener first time caller i will be playing nicholas montgomery Okay, and
1: we come around to the end of the table, the proverbial end of the table, as we've never actually sat at the table.
4: And, of course, the everyone will recognize the dulcet tones of Jake. This is Jake, and I'm playing Julian Santos.
1: And then lastly, but definitely not leastly, you guys will, of course, all recognize the man who is usually our keeper,
0: Mike. Yeah, hi, thanks for having me. I'm Mike, and I'll be playing Anthony Bartlett.
1: Fantastic. Fantastic. All right. So let's just dive right into it because I don't know about you guys, but I've been really waiting for this to happen. Mike, I'm actually going to start with you. You wake up. You're not even 100% certain that could be the right term. You swim to the surface of consciousness. We'll put it that way. You've obviously been asleep before. I mean, who hasn't? But this doesn't feel the same. When you furly wake up, your head is pounding. Absolutely pounding. Your legs are, you don't want to say numb, but you have that pins and needles all the way down your leg. Sure. And you're upside down. What?
0: Uh, what am, uh, look around at my surroundings.
1: You are currently in the back seat of an SUV. It's dark. It's dusk, duskish. You are not entirely certain where you are at. In fact, the moment you try to grasp exactly, you know, try to remember where you're at, it's like squeezing a handful of sand. It literally slips through your fingers. There's nothing to grab onto.
0: Okay. So is there a way to write myself at all? Do my feet feel pinned down or trapped or held? Not held as
1: you are as you're starting to grasp where you are, you are you are being held to the seat of the SUV by your seatbelt thankfully has done its job. You figure you could probably release it without problem. It doesn't seem mangled or damaged or anything. And the pins and needles in your legs seem to be coming from the fact that you're kind of dangling by the waist from the seatbelt. And it seems to be cutting off some of the circulation to your legs. So it feels like you might've been here for a little while.
0: Yeah. Then I definitely want to get at least somewhat right. The head pounding is probably due to blood circulation. So yeah, I try to get myself free.
1: Okay. Takes a moment or two. You manage to wrestle the a buckle of your belt and it pops free. You immediately fall to the, what used to be the roof of the SUV. <laughs> Taking a moment to take stock, yeah, it, you land kind of on your shoulder. So it absorbs, you don't fall very far, but still, um, it's unpleasant. You look around the inside of the SUV a little trying to take stock of your situation, trying to write not only the upside down of your body, but the upside down of your head. There are three other people here, one crumpled next to you and two in the front seat, both being held in place by seatbelts.
0: Okay. I'm going to ask a really weird question. Did the the vehicle flip over?
1: That's what it looks like. It looks like you were in an upside down SUV. Shit.
0: Okay, so I immediately look at the other passengers. Mm -hmm. I try to get an eyeball on them. All right. Which one are you looking towards first? I guess what seat am I in? Am I in the driver's seat, passenger seat, back? You are in back driver's side. Okay. So I'll look. Is there anyone in the back seat with me? There is. In the dimness of the dusk
1: here, a gentleman is He's wearing a blue shirt, black pants, and he's kind of held in place by his seat belt. And it looks like something else is attaching him to the handle of the inside of the door. Handcuffs? Looks like.
0: Okay. All right, uh, I'm going to reach over and try to get an idea whether or not he's got a pulse. Takes you a moment.
1: You haven't done this for a little while. It's been since you had med training, but he's got a pulse. It's strong. It's steady. All right, good, good, good. Where's the driver? Uh, Driver is in the driver's seat right ahead of you. It's hard for you to see because of where you're at. You'd have to like kind of crane your head around or even crawl into the front seat a little bit. But you can see the person in the passenger seat.
0: Okay, Um, so who's the occupant in the passenger seat?
1: Gentleman with short, brownish hair. Looks like glasses because they're kind of hanging off of his face. Okay. Passed out wearing a gray sweater. You can't really see his legs too well.
0: Mm. Yeah, everything's topsy-turvy. My door, can I get to the handle on my door and and get it open? Pretty easily. So I'm going to do that because I think the first thing that Anthony wants to do is he wants to extricate himself from the vehicle a good idea
1: okay so you after just a, a moment or two of wrestling with the door handling to reverse the mechanics of the door and that you manage to open it and you crawl out ground is warm and sandy uh, you see scrub
0: brush ahead of you okay i'm gonna when i get out of the vehicle i'm just gonna take just two breaths at least to get righted, even if it's just being on all fours to try to steady myself before I try to stand up to try to stand up onto my feet.
1: Absolutely. Okay, so you take a moment or two to write yourself internally as well as externally. While you're taking a moment, Morgan, or rather, Cassandra, you manage to pull yourself out of the La Brea tar pit of unconsciousness, and you hurt. There's something wet on your face, and you are upside down. Okay. There's a cracked windshield in front of you. And outside, you can see it looks to be about dusk. I am in the same. Well, there's um. You look, you look around. There is a person standing outside, and there's somebody sitting in the passenger seat next to you, upside down, and that's all you can see at the moment.
2: Okay. Am I able to work my belt open? I'm assuming I'm still belted in.
1: You are still belted in. The airbag hangs from the steering wheel, limp and cold.
2: I, is the person in the passenger seat alive?
1: Are you checking for a pulse?
2: Sure, I should.
1: All right. Um, it, it takes you a little while. At first, you're like, oh, shit, I don't feel anything. And then after a few minutes, you're like, wait, no, other side under the ear. You do manage to get a very fluttery pulse, but it's there. He it doesn't seem to be like he's dying or anything.
2: That's good. Then I'm going to work my belt open and um, try to exit the vehicle.
1: Okay. Anthony, you hear a thud come from the SUV. Turn around. And Cassie, you let out an involuntary groan as your body hits the ground. Yeah. You can only see clearly out of one eye currently. You are noticing that whatever that wet is on your face is running in your left eye.
2: I'm assuming it's blood. I reach my hand up to where the wetness is and I pull it back.
1: There is blood on your face. Yeah, it looks like you've maybe hit your head on the steering wheel.
0: Or something.
2: I curse under my breath.
0: I'm going to come back over to the driver's side. I'm right near the driver's side of the vehicle, anyways. Hey, yeah, yeah, you all right? You all right?
2: I seem to have cut my forehead.
0: Yeah, um, I'm going to try to get the driver's door open. Okay, with his help, between the two of you,
1: managed to pretty easily get the door. It makes a loud scrunking sound as it opens. The panel being slightly bent, but it does open. Yeah, just take it easy. Oh well, you got a lot of blood. Where is she cut at? She has a cut above her left eye on her forehead, just about at the hairline.
2: I'm assuming I'm wearing some sort of coat or something on, either a hoodie or suit coat or something.
1: You have a jacket on. Mm-hmm.
2: I, I take it off and I you know hold it up to my forehead. And I mentally check the rest of my body to make sure all the parts are working
1: you know that all of the parts are there because there's, much like with Anthony, there is pain in almost all of them. Not a lot of pain, but you know that I was just previously in a car accident kind of soreness and if you don't know what that's like then that's so awesome for you. It's a full body kind of achiness. Yeah, almost like the flu.
2: I kind of stretch a little bit and oh man, that hurt. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. I'm, I'm Gonna double check her just to see if she's visually not falling over. <laughs> and once she seems steady enough, then I'm gonna make my way around to the other side of the vehicle.
1: Okay. She seems pretty steady, Cassie. Aside from being shaky, you have a throbbing, pounding headache right now. You assume, of course, that it's probably from that goose egg on your forehead.
2: Is there a first aid kit in the vehicle anywhere? You would have to look. Okay. We should probably get the other passengers out first.
1: Anthony you're taking one side of the vehicle and Cassie you're taking the other and opening the back doors. I
0: guess.
2: Are you taking the passengers?
0: Yeah. Front. I'm going to okay. I'm going to front passenger.
2: All right, I'll do the back passenger seat.
0: I probably get around to that side of the vehicle and when she joins me on that side of the vehicle I'm going to say they were cuffed. So be be careful. Try to yank open the passenger door.
2: I mean, at least they'll come out. I mean, <laughs>
1: passenger door opens pretty easily and with the sound of the passenger door opening nicholas you are dragged out of the loving arms of morpheus and back into the waking world your eyes feel like they've got sand on the inside of your eyelids they've got that sandpapery feel and you have a splitting splitting headache and much like the other two people that you are now standing near you have an extreme sense of confusion as
3: to where you are and who they are? What happened? Who, who? Who are you? I don't even necessarily know if I'm talking to anyone in particular at this point. I start looking around. There's a vehicle. Was I driving?
0: No. No. If he was, if he seems to be at least coming to consciousness, I'm going to physically help him out of the vehicle.
1: Okay. Nicholas, this gentleman crouches down and starts helping you with your buckle. You don't know who he is, but he seems to be intent on helping you get safely out of the vehicle. Between you and him, you manage to drop down from your seat onto what used to be the roof of the vehicle. You can now easily get out of the vehicle. But before you do, make me a search roll real quick. So your, your brains are still fairly rattled from whatever is going on right now. So you climb out of the vehicle with the assistance of this gentleman that just opened the door for you and find yourself now standing on the passenger side of a flipped over SUV.
0: James, is he cut at all or uh, wounded?
1: He doesn't seem to be, but he does. He definitely has a bad case of Bambi legs. You can't tell if that's shock or if much like your legs, his legs are partially numb. Sure.
0: I just put, I make sure that one of his hands goes to the frame of the car and say, just just hang out of the car for a second. And you look like you'll be all right. All right. Thanks. Cassie,
1: you are on your side of the vehicle as you, you see this unfold before you. You get to your door, the back seat, And what do you do?
2: Is the passenger, he's out of the car. Not, not the guy I'm helping, but Nicholas, he's out of the car, correct? hmm Is that door still open? I mean, because I'm going to climb back in the car. If that person's wearing handcuffs, we need to find the keys. Do I have any keys on me? Or?
1: You pat yourself down. You do not find a set of keys. There are a set of keys still in the ignition at the SUV.
2: Is there any extra keys on that? This is just the car keys.
1: Looks like it's just the keys that are in currently stuck in the ignition.
2: I poke my head out of the vehicle. Hey guys, do either of you have keys in your pocket? Remove the handcuffs on the guy back here so we can get him out of the car.
1: I
0: guess I'll check
1: uh, as will I. Nicholas, you do not, but Anthony, you do find a pair of handcuff keys in your pocket.
0: I stop for a second and think to myself, when I feel the steel of the key, why do I have handcuff keys on me? It's a very good question. After just a a moment of thought, I walk over to that side of the vehicle and reach down and remove the handcuff. Jake,
1: you are like packages in the back of a van jostled awake somebody is doing something to your hands your legs have that pins and needles sensation and you've been on I assume a partying bender or two in your time in my time you've woken up from those before with a vague what did I do last night sensation this trumps
4: all of that oh Dios, Dios! what what start looking around You are currently inverted
1: and someone is trying to unhandcuff you from the backseat of what looks like a flipped over SUV. What do I uh, remember last? Thinking back, you remember getting to Las Vegas, but you don't know how long ago that was and you're not sure what day it is now. (sighs) Fucking Las Vegas. But you do know that you... You don't have any recent memories.
4: I will take my time, figure out what's going on before I make any rash moves. But I'm being unhandcuffed, right? Anthony, you are unhandcuffing him currently? Yeah. I will take a look at the person unhandcuffing me.
2: You know, he was handcuffed for a reason. We should probably rehandcuff him.
0: Yeah, I, I hand the handcuff key to the driver. There, you handcuff him. I go to the back of the vehicle.
1: You go to the back of the vehicle? Okay.
0: I want to see if there's anything in the trunk we can use, a blanket, a first aid kit, etc.
1: I will get to you in just one second. Morgan, what are you doing?
2: I reach over and I re-handcuff Jake's character, since I don't actually know anybody's names yet. Okay.
1: In fact, that dawns on you as you're handcuffing him. You are currently putting the handcuffs on a man whose name you do not know. You were handed the handcuffs by a man whose name you do not know.
2: I look at Jake's character. Sorry, dude. You were already handcuffed. I'm just re-handcuffing you. We can figure it all out outside the vehicle. And then I pop out of the vehicle and open up the passenger door to help him get out.
4: Yeah, yeah, no problem, lady.
2: Lady? What? (laughs) Lady?
1: You land on the roof of the car, and with a little bit of assistance, she helps you scooch out into a standing position outside the SUV.
4: When I land on the roof, let me look around. What's, what does it look like in the inside here? There
1: are various things on the roof of the car. It looks like that they were set around the inside of the vehicle when it flipped over. There's a large duffel bag towards the back here. It looks like the glove compartment is open and there's stuff in it,
4: but they, the stuff didn't fall out. Is there any debris on the roof of the vehicle? No. Mm. Define debris. What are you looking for? Is there anything small, something that could possibly be used as a makeshift pick or something?
2: Oh my god.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not that you've seen, but you do definitely do a sweep of the inside of the vehicle to to take a look. And in the glove compartment, you do see that there's a knife. Okay. But you don't think you could get to it before she would see it. Yeah. All right.
2: I'm watching him carefully.
1: Right, he was handcuffed.
2: Well, of course.
1: Nicholas, you see the gentleman on the other side of the vehicle swing around to the back of the vehicle and you've once again regained your footing and someone else stands up outside of the from the inside of the back
3: of the vehicle. All right, so I will assume going with the current theme, I don't recognize him either. You do not, sir. All right, this is a, a little unusual for me. Do I have any recollection of how I got to wherever I am, into the car with a bunch of people I don't know, or, yeah. Try to put my head back
1: together. You do not. When you attempt to dig into recent memories, when you try to remember back, you, you say to yourself, I'm going to remember back four hours ago. It's a gray cotton candy. There's no memory there. It's akin to, have any of you ever had surgery? Yes. Yes. The general anesthetics, that time period, right when you come back out of it, that when they were like, hey, do you remember anything that happened? And honestly, it could have been a John Philip Sousa marching band going through with burning torches and you wouldn't remember a thing. That's the sensation that you get when you attempt to remember anything recently, like grabbing a handful of water. All right.
3: Well. Great. They appear to be busy doing things. Look around. Did we crash into something where are we at just survey the scene what what's going on here all right nicholas
1: you look around and it's again about dusk the sun is just below the horizon line and the sky is just starting to turn those special colors that it only turns once a day and the air is getting a little it's you would say it's about 50 degrees somewhere in there the surroundings are dry, sandy. There's small mesquite trees and scrub brush around you as f- almost as far as the eye can see because as far as the eye can see there's mountains on both sides of the road, off in the distance, miles and miles and miles away. You are on a two-lane highway. It looks like you didn't run into anything, but you do see that the front passenger tire is shredded.
3: Okay, that's something. I'm interested in putting together whatever I can, but if that's gonna take a little while, I'm happy to sit with my thoughts for a little while.
1: Okay, so yeah, you are considering the surroundings. Uh, It's a very dry, obviously desert area. So, Anthony, you get around to the back of the vehicle. Again, this is all relatively simultaneous. Get around to the back of the vehicle, and... Just a moment or two of wrestling with the handle, it pops open, the hatch opens up. It gives you a a feeling almost of some sort of mechanical mouth, the way the the SUV is flipped over and the way the hatch opens. In the darkness of, of the Maw, you see a couple of things. One, you do see a first aid kit that is bungeed to the wall, the inside wall of the vehicle. You see...
0: Yeah, you said there was a bag in the back.
1: There is a box here that is open it's dark colored hard to tell because of the dusk it's got symbols painted on it and it is open and there is a greenish gray plate inside about the size of a dinner plate
0: hmm. okay uh well the first thing i'm probably going to do is grab the duffel so I'll reach reach in and grab that and then the first aid kit as well and then i'll Kind of lean to the right, I guess, would be if I'm facing the front of the vehicle towards the driver and motion with the first aid kit. Like, here. The guy at the back motions to you with a first aid kit.
2: Perfect. I throw my hands up so he can toss it at me.
1: Yeah, I I pitch it to her. Easy catch. Not like he was throwing a brick at you. You crack it open and there's bandages. It's your basic first aid kit. Bandages, band-aids, aspirin, rubbing alcohol, antiseptics.
0: And after that, I'm gonna glance in the duffel bag.
1: In the duffel bag, you find a folder containing a substantial amount of loose leaf papers. You find a small ish brown leather book, a large text look like looking book. It looks like a large textbook kind of a book. I mean literally it looks like a like a college textbook almost. Okay and a small, thin pamphlet-style book with a odd leather cover.
0: Hmm. I mean, I guess I'll glance at the loose paper, because that seems probably a little bit easier to just quick look at rather than a, you know, a fucking calculus textbook or something.
1: You flip through the loose-leaf paper, it looks like a lot of these papers are notes about some kind of group or organization and then uh, you would say about two-thirds of these papers are missing people printouts from like the internet from the fbi and not all of them but a good portion of them are circled in black sharp
0: circled huh so i'll go back i guess towards the driver's side where we pulled the first person out at and then check on him they're on the passenger side from the passenger seat yep i'll go check on him
1: Nick, the guy from the back comes around with a duffel bag. He seems to be giving you a once-over, kind of looking, examining you as if to see whether you're injured
3: or okay. Yeah, hey man, you all right? I I think so. I, I don't think I'm bleeding. I'm definitely shook up, and I think I'll be okay.
0: Good, good, good. There's a the first aid kit on the other side of the car if you need anything.
1: Anthony, you notice while he's talking, um, he just kind of absentmindedly pushes his sleeves up a little bit. And uh, he's wearing a copper bracelet. It looks kind of old. Um, it's got some tarnish around the edges.
0: Okay. I give the bracelet just a quick glance, and it's the first thing that... It, I guess in the dusky hue of everything that's kind of bathed over this scene, um, copper is going gonna, gonna to pop a little bit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. As you notice, as you notice it, you actually look down to your left arm and pull your sleeve back. You are also
3: wearing one. Weird. Since he's brought attention to that, um, do I notice? I assume if I'm I'm wearing a bracelet for more than like a minute, I didn't notice.
1: Yeah. You are, when he draws attention to his, you look down and notice, now that you've gotten your faculties about you, that you are also wearing one. They look a lot like the medical bracelets that kind of c-shaped just like a bent piece of metal that's rounded on both ends as opposed to like the medical bracelets with the chain and as you look down at it there are symbols inscribed into it
0: okay can i get a a rough idea what those symbols are are they some sort of alphabet i would i would have the same questions
1: mike you look at them and you can make me an a Cult role if you want to. Nicholas, you can make me an anthropology role.
0: Oh. That would be a fumble, sir.
1: Oh no. Look at the symbols, you're trying to figure out what they are. I recall seeing these very symbols on like a rock album, like a metal album from your teen years?
0: Oh hey. This is this is Led Zeppelin's Zoso. They must have done a commemorative bracelet. Yeah. We probably went to a concert or something.
1: Right. Nicholas, you looking down at these, you have seen symbols like these before when you were in Europe, in the Ukraine, you traveled through, you spent about three months there on a study and you remember seeing some symbols like this on that
3: trip. Okay, but they are symbols, not necessarily a particular, well... I guess not for a particular current language.
1: doesn't seem to be a particular current language. If it is a language, it's not one that you
3: have dealt with before. Can I take it off and more thoroughly inspect it? Sure. Yeah, you take it off and kind of look at it.
1: It looks older. All of the edges are tarnished, and some of the lettering inside is slightly tarnished. It has that kind of greenish, weathered look to it. But the rest of it is copper. You notice, kind of odd, there's tarnish on the inside, where it was in contact with your arm. There's tarnish there, too, which usually for jewelry, the tarnish doesn't show up on the part where it rubs in with skin. But you do notice that. Mike, you also notice as you're looking at this bracelet on your arm more closely that it is it is a likewise tarnished Hmm. it's hard to judge the age of them all
0: right i'm gonna step away from that side and go back towards the the driver and just on a lark see if she has one
1: yeah cassie he comes around the corner and he seems to be examining you specifically yes she is wearing one you see the the glint of the metal from underneath the sleeve of her coat
0: I hold up my arm and point to it and then kind of get her. Eventually, Do you know where we, do we got these?
2: I look down at my arm and I, I'm assuming I have no idea where we got these, right, James?
1: It's a complete blank. Looking down and seeing it on your arm is really disorienting because you have no idea where it came from. You've never seen it before and there it is on your arm, like a piece of jewelry that you would wear ordinarily.
2: Okay. I look at Mike's character and I'm like, oh... I don't know you. What's your name?
0: That's a good question, James. Do I remember who I am? You remember who you are. Yes, each of you
1: remembers who you are. Okay. I. In, you remember who you are individually.
0: Sure, sure. I, uh, my name's Anthony.
2: I'm Cassie. Do, do you know why we were together?
0: I mean, no. I I've, I've, No, I can't remember why we're here or what we're doing here. But did she get something on the cut? Did she get that taken care of? Did you take care of your cut?
2: Yeah, I would have used some rubbing alcohol.
0: You don't see any
1: three-letter acronyms on the vehicle.
2: Am I wearing something that identifies anything specifically?
1: How do you wear your badge? On my hip. The woman that's looking at you right at the moment is wearing a badge on her hip, a U.S. Marshals badge. Mike, how do you wear your badge?
0: Probably very similarly.
1: And the guy who came around the front of the vehicle is also wearing a badge on his hip. They also both have pistol holsters.
2: I'm assuming all three of us are are wearing guns.
1: Just you and the guy you were talking, Anthony.
2: Can I identify what his badge is?
1: Oh, yeah. You're wearing one very, very, very similar.
2: Okay. So I look at Anthony and I point down to his badge. I believe we're on the same side.
0: And look down at the badge because I probably haven't even thought about it.
2: And I show him mine.
0: She is also carrying a U.S.
1: Marshals badge.
0: Does it click for me then? Or does it still seem very cotton ballish?
1: It's all still very cotton ball. You still have no idea who she is, but you do now know that she is apparently playing for the good guys.
0: All right. I I just nod to her and say, okay, there's some paperwork and some books in back.
2: Okay, I look at Jake's character and, all right, Julian, why don't you just sit down right here and don't move? I'll be back to talk to you. And I go around the back of the car I go look, look at the books and stuff that are back there and the paperwork.
1: Cassie, you get around to the back of the SUV and... Sure enough, there's a duffel bag back here, partially unzipped. There is a box, very dark colored, with light or white colored symbols painted on it. And it is open. Looks like the inside is padded and has a cutout area. And inside that cutout area is a, looks like a greenish gray disc about the size of a dinner plate covered in symbols.
2: Do I recognize the symbols at all?
1: You do not. It's about 18 centimeters across.
2: What does it look like the plate's made out of?
1: It looks like it's made out of some sort of glazed clay or stone.
2: Does the box have a top on it so I can close the top of it?
1: It does. It's hinged. Yes.
2: All right. I go ahead and hinge it.
1: All right. You go ahead and close it. I'm not going to. You're not going to touch the plate itself. No. Okay. When you close the box, you notice that there's large globs of wax around the edges of the box where the two halves of the box meet. As you close it, like big chunks of it fall off into the back of the SUV.
2: So it was originally sealed shut, correct?
1: That's what it looks like.
2: So I'm assuming our problems came forth once that box was open. All right. I'm going to take a look at the file folder and or actually the leather bound pamphlet. A
1: leather-bound pamphlet? Yes. Okay, you grab the leather-bound pamphlet. It is a very old book, mid-19th century maybe, and it is called The People of the Monolith. It has a very odd leather consistency on the cover. The inside cover has an inscription. Two inscriptions, rather.
2: Can I read them? Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: They're both signatures.
2: What are the signatures? Signatures.
1: The first one says Carlisle, 19. The second one says O'Shea, 26.
2: I feel a little version of deja vu from other places, but you know, my past life. <laughs> <My path. laughs>
1: it's probably just whatever happened to you in the accident.
2: All right. And what's in the pamphlet itself?
1: It looks like an epic poem. It's getting a little dark to read. It looks like poetry.
2: Okay. I put that back into the box. I didn't find anything noteworthy in that. What about the file folder?
1: File folder, rifling through it, you find. The first piece of paper that you come across, it looks like a prisoner transport form.
2: <laughs> what does it say?
1: Looks like you are taking a prisoner to some place called Calipatria Prison in Southern California, at least according to this piece of paper.
2: And who's the name of the prisoner?
1: This is Julian Santos.
2: And what is he charged with?
1: It actually doesn't say. <laughs> Give me a bureaucracy roll, actually.
2: All right.
1: standing here in the middle of the desert and making a bureaucracy roll.
2: Oh, I passed it. No, I didn't. Wait. Yeah, I passed it. 20% success.
1: 20%? Okay. (laughs) That in itself, the fact that there's no charges on here is a little suspect. Usually there's a list of charges when somebody is transferred to another state or even just transferred to another prison.
2: So maybe a little, uh, somebody doesn't want us to know what this person did, or maybe this person didn't do anything at all.
1: Honestly, what's going through your head right now, it could be either one. And you also notice that amongst the prisoner transport form at the bottom in the notes section, that his personal belongings are to be delivered to a separate place altogether.
2: What place is that? Does it say?
1: E-A-F-B.
2: Do I know what that stands for?
1: You could make me one more bureaucracy roll. Okay. And impress me.
2: I get another success.
1: Another success? How big of a success? What's the what's the point spread here? Twenty three under thirty eight. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, you know that AFB usually means Air Force Base. That's the, usually the abbreviation for Air Force Base. So maybe Edwards Air Force Base. Okay. It's a pretty popular anagram for that. I
2: wonder why his stuff would be going to Edwards Air Force Base.
1: Especially if he's going to a prison.
2: Yep. I pocket that piece of paper. All right. put the rest back and I go around the side of the vehicle to where our prisoner's at
1: okay she comes back around to the side of the vehicle next to Anthony and Julian carrying a duffel bag
2: yeah so I've got a prisoner transport form for you oh. and I point at Julian but it doesn't say what you did oh. but I do want to know why they're transporting your personal belongings to Edwards Air Force Base
4: I think I'll uh, plead the fifth
2: okay then I'll be inclined to keep those cuffs on you. And yeah, I go throw the duffel on. I have the duffel, right? Mm-hmm. We probably want to get the box with that weird plate so nobody randomly comes and gets it too. But at some point.
4: Hey, hey, James. Yeah. Do I recognize that duffel? That duffel? Yeah. You do not recognize that duffel, actually. Okay.
1: Yeah, that duffel is not bringing any sparks of familiarity at all. Hmm old or new.
4: I guess I'll have to keep trying to figure out what's going on.
2: Okay.
1: So, Cassie, do you go around to the back of the SUV again?
2: To go get the back? Yeah. Yeah, we probably should.
3: Nicholas, you see her head back? What are you doing? So, I've been watching a little bit, puzzling through things. Mm-hmm. Is it clear to me that everybody is just as lost and confused as I am? From their countenance and the way
1: they're handling themselves, you can say with your human intuition that, yeah, they are walking on eggshells, as it were. No one seems to know where they are or who the rest of you are.
3: All right. So, well, at least two of them are in the general vicinity of each other. I'll head over there. Does so either one of you know how we got here?
0: To be honest, no idea. I just know that we're here. I look around. Wherever here is.
1: Desert. Big old desert mountains on both sides as it's now getting on not dark yet but as that deeper dusk there is some cloud cover it doesn't look like it's obviously going to rain but to the northeast some of the clouds are lit from the bottom as if there was a city off that direction but way way off in the distance
0: there's a road here obviously right
1: there is and looking up and down the road one way goes off into darkness looking down the road the other direction you do see there's a light down you figure maybe a couple of miles a fairly bright pink light
0: All right. well I think we ought to get on the move and get off this road just for my own mental reconstruction there's no there's no other tire marks or evidence of another vehicle being here right Yeah, no,
1: no, you don't see any other um, unexplained tire tracks or anything. Just looking at your vehicle, it looks like there was a massive blowout on the front passenger tire. This looks to be, again, in the gathering gloom, maybe a 2004 Ford SUV. So not a particularly new vehicle. It is upside down and in no good condition. All right. But no other vehicle, no.
0: We got to make a move here, Cassie, and get off this road. There's a light up ahead. Maybe we can find a gas station or something to make a call.
2: I poke my head around the back of the car as I'm bringing the box up. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, give me just one second, though. And I put down the box and I go around to the passenger side of the car. I want to clean out the glove box.
1: Okay. Glove box is actually open. Inside, you find a sheathed combat knife. Sweet. And a can of pepper spray.
2: I grab both and I'm I mean, assuming I'm wearing boots or something. I put the knife down in there, mm-hmm. put the pepper spray in my pocket. Okay. There's no papers or anything in there.
1: Just looks like papers for the vehicle, but nothing personal or anything other than that,
2: no. It doesn't say who the vehicle's registered to or anything?
1: It does not.
2: Okay. Is there anything else in the vehicle that we miss, like in the back seat or like something that might have fallen on the ground?
1: You kind of go once over in the vehicle, kind of poking around real quick. You don't see anything else inside the vehicle. No, it looks like you guys have pretty much cleaned out the inside of this car other than some dirt that looks like it came in through the windows and such.
2: Okay. I go back to the other side of the car. I look at the guy. I don't know his name. So I don't know you. Who are you?
3: I'm Nick. You are?
2: I'm Cassie. And these guys can introduce themselves.
0: My character's probably just about six foot. I'm relatively well put together, although I'm not a hulking monster of a person. Uh, I have seem to have semi-permanent five o'clock shadow. And yeah, I probably look like a cop. Yeah, that's true. I would say to this other gentleman, yeah, my name's Anthony, and you are
3: Nick is not looking like a cop. Glasses, if you can tell in the coming gloom, maybe slightly graying hair might be setting on a little early. Bookish might be a nice, quick description. Okay, yeah, that makes that makes sense with me.
2: Jake, you want to do your character?
4: he's about average height hispanic of some type mid 40s like beard and mustache that's about it you're
2: gonna introduce yourself to to silas's character no (laughs) okay figures
4: listen i've been arrested before and i owe you guys nothing (laughs) nothing anything i tell you could just get me in more trouble
2: that's true i can tell you nothing
0: it already has just gotten you into more trouble by not talking
2: right you're looking guilty a quick description on Cassie, since I already introduced myself to Nick. Cassie is about 30 years old. She is not super tall. She's probably five six. She's athletically built, obviously being in the U.S. Marshals. She's got auburn, reddish hair, quite a bit of freckles on her face, with blue eyes, pretty attractive. She's got her hair up in a ponytail. She looks like she's all business, though. Just randomly take somebody's handcuffs off since they don't want to talk.
1: Just for example, you guys have sized each other up, gotten first names at least. Who is carrying the duffel bag?
2: Not it.
0: <laughs> That's fine. I'll carry the duffel bag. You deal with the prisoner. I am. Uh... Anthony hefts the duffel bag onto his shoulder. And
3: then...
2: Uh... Hey, Nick, would you be able to carry this box right here? Don't open it. Sure. Please.
3: It's not exceptionally heavy, right? You heft the box. It
1: weighs about 20 pounds. Okay. I can carry it for a little while. It's not going to kill you to carry
3: it, but it's not light.
2: We can switch off if it hurts you.
3: you no, know, now that we're talking about moving stuff um i know i checked for keys early do i have anything in my pockets you
1: pat your pockets down you have your wallet and that's it
3: that's really odd
1: all right oh you do have one other piece of paper
3: in your pocket when you dig it out and it's a bank receipt is it my bank receipt it seems to be yeah okay is it an exceptional bank receipt or is just a random i pulled a 100 bucks out of the atm kind of deal
1: well it looks like you pulled some cash out but the bottom where it gives the balance of your account there is significantly more in your account than you remember having that would not need to be
3: an exceptional number for that to happen but that's right the number that's in your account
1: right now is large enough to
3: have a comma wow i'll assume going with the, the rolling theme, I have no idea how that happened, correct? You have no idea? Okay, I will pack that back into my pocket because I don't even know where now. Right. You guys begin
1: walking, I assume? Yeah, absolutely. Towards this pink yeah. light in the, in the distance?
0: I mean, we're in a desert in the middle of a road. It's only going to get progressively worse to just stay here.
1: And you notice that the temperature has dropped by about 4 degrees since you've been out here assume we're not dressed for
3: this particular weather getting
1: a little chilly you're wearing jackets but they're pretty much just light jackets so you guys begin to walk one foot after the other the evening definitely draws to a close the sun hides its face as it always does and the rest of the heat of the day with it it is getting darn right chilly out now you can't see your breath exactly but it's uncomfortable Julian, you are especially uncomfortable because you are not wearing a jacket. You are wearing a long sleeve button-up shirt and slacks. Uh Right. You yourself are a little chilly. Nicholas, you also, likewise. You're, You're not exactly dressed for this, so you're a little chilly as well. You guys walk for about 40, 45 minutes, trudging along one foot after the other. Not only is it dark, but there's a breeze that blows through the scrub brush. You know it's just the night, but it sounds like... There are whispers amongst the brush, barely audible talking, not words that you can pick out. It definitely doesn't do anything to lighten the mood for you. After about a good 45 minutes, if there's anything you'd like to say or do while you're drudging along, by all means, or anything you are specifically looking out for or doing.
0: Probably keeping an eye on the guy in cuffs and our our six. I want to make sure that we're not going to get run up on by lord knows whatever else is out here. Keeping an eye on your six. Good call. You keep Julian ahead of you, I assume, so that you can see where he's at? Oh, yeah.
1: Julian, he's keeping you ahead of him. He hasn't, of course, pulled out a weapon or anything, but he's definitely keeping you in front.
0: Mm -hmm. For all I know, he could be a non-violent criminal and we're moving him somewhere, or he could be in U.S. Marshals' protective custody.
2: Oh, he's not.
0: We don't know that. You don't know that.
2: I know. I got the prisoner transport form in my back pocket. He is not.
0: So why are we transporting him?
2: It doesn't say. There's no charges on the form. We were transporting him to Patcher prison. That's where we were transporting him to, but there's no charges, which is a little fishy for my taste. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean he didn't do something wrong. But
4: oh, I'm not... <laughs> Doesn't mean I did.
2: Doesn't mean you did. I understand.
1: Yeah, Mike, you've done plenty of prisoner transport before, and you know that that's not something that they just leave off the bill, so to speak.
2: No, but I don't feel comfortable taking cuffs off them yet. Do I see any street signs, like any road, like highway signs or anything?
1: You have not passed one yet. This is pretty out in the boonies here, but you are getting close to light. So, to whatever this light is. And in fact, that pink light is joined, now that you can see it, by a couple of other dim lights. It looks like there's a small cluster of buildings ahead of you.
2: Is there anything outside those buildings?
3: You don't see any vehicles currently. Okay. I've got what hopefully is a meaningless question, but... Sure. Does this road look like a normal road out in the boonies in the United States, or maybe not?
1: Yeah, this looks like a normal tarmac road in the U.S. Okay. It is kind of weathered and cracked, so it doesn't look like it sees a whole lot of use. And you guys have been out here for about 45 minutes
3: now and have not seen another vehicle. Okay. Taking that into account. Just one double check. Sure. There are deserts in other places in the world, and...
1: Oh, absolutely.
3: I have no idea where I'm at. Right. I have roads. It's a viable question.
1: After walking for about 45 minutes, you do enter the vicinity of the building's It is officially dark. The darkness gives way to some light coming from buildings. It looks like on your left, a large building called, it looks like a a souvenir shop of some sort. It's closed as it's currently after dark. It's called the What Spot, as in WHAT, with lots of question marks all over the front. It looks like curios, souvenirs, knickknacks. Anyone who's traveled in the Southwest knows that these places are aplenty. On the other side of the road, opposite that, there is a teal building that actually says diner on the top. Mm. It looks like it was designed to look like it was built in the 1950s. I'll put it that way. And attached to this building is a smaller beige building with uh, an awning that's producing most of the light that you can see. It looks like a gas station attached to this diner. So it's kind of one long building. And then to the south, you see an L-shaped building that's... The source of the pink, which is it looks like a motel. Hard to see what it's called from where you guys are at. But yeah, you do see a motel there.
0: Oh, civilization, at least. Seems to be. Well, that's what you call this. That's better than sitting on the desert road. Does
2: the diner look open? It sure does. Maybe we should go talk to the people inside the diner.
4: Get to a phone. Yeah. Maybe something neat. So who's going into the diner? Everybody?
2: Yeah. I would think all of us.
4: No, I'll stay outside.
0: <laughs> no, I don't think
1: so.
2: No, you're going inside.
1: So you head into the diner. The inside of the diner is a wonderful homage to the
4: 1950s. Okay, James, is it an homage to the 1950s or has it just not been uh, redecorated since the 1950s?
1: That is a very good question and hard to tell. You can see a long steel counter. The floor is linoleum, that kind of a beige. And to answer your question, it looks like it hasn't been upkept long long time so it may have been built in the 50s and just not been kept up since then or it may have been built in the 70s during the 50s craze and not kept up since then but it doesn't look recent that's for sure um woman looks up from a magazine sit wherever you guys would like i'll be over in a minute you got a phone around here ma'am i do but it don't work right now happens all the time sorry
2: hey can you tell us what town we're in
1: no this ain't a town
2: oh okay
1: just a little fly speck. Tacopa, California. That's where you're at. She kind of chuckles, gets up from her stool and starts walking over. She grabs a pot of coffee on the way. Coffee for you guys? Yeah, absolutely. Please. She looks to the other two of you. Yeah, I'll take some. Yes, please. Grabs four mugs, saunters over. She looks to be about 30, 32, long black hair pulled into a ponytail. Ready smile. She puts the coffee cups down in front of you, pours three fourths of the way in each one, leaving you room for cream and sugar. She's been doing this for a while. She puts the pot down in front of you
0: guys. Here, just pour yourself. Thank you much. I pour the coffee. Try to get folks situated. Want anything to eat? Yeah, you got any pie? Uh,
1: I do have some pie left. What kind are you looking for? I got apple, cherry, blueberry, pumpkin, banana cream.
0: I'd be happy to take a piece of your best cherry pie.
1: Coming right up. Piece of cherry pie. How about you three?
2: Actually, I'll take blueberry, please.
1: Blueberry it is. I'll take a sandwich. B.L.T. Good choice. Anything with bacon. She jots it down on the pad. She looks over at Nick. Made for you, sugar. Uh, do you have a menu? She reaches behind the counter and grabs one blindly, hands it to you. Sure. Breakfast anytime. Flip through the menu and pick something with eggs and toast. All right. There's a truck driver special, as they call it. Three pieces of toast, three eggs, three pieces of bacon. <laughs> I'll probably eat about half that, but why not? She says. All right. Grabs the menu and saunters back towards the kitchen area.
0: All right, so no phone.
2: We can check over at the motel. So none of us have cell phones on us.
1: Are you doing your cell phone check? Julian does not have a cell phone. Nick does not have a cell phone. Anthony, you have a phone. Oh. But the screen is cracked. It looks very broken. Looks like it happened in the accident. Cassie, you have a phone in your back pocket. It is not cracked, but it is dead. Like, it will need to be recharged.
2: That uh, figures. I'm sure I don't have a charger with me either.
1: Not that you've seen, but it looks like it's just a USB-C, so it's, it's like you'd have to hunt down a charger cord and plug it in.
2: Okay, so what's the game plan? I'm assuming we'd go over to the motel and check that out, see if they have a phone.
0: Yeah, try to make contact with uh, whoever who, who we can, get some idea of how far we are out, and then get get a car.
2: Yeah, we definitely need a vehicle.
0: Um, I'm going to take a look at the paperwork while we're sipping coffee and try to get a better idea of what's happened to date and then any background on our prisoner transfer.
1: You take a look at the paperwork. This is definitely a prisoner transport form for uh, one Julian Santos to be delivered to a Calipatria prison in Southern California doesn't say what he was charged with. It does say he was apprehended in Las Vegas, Nevada.
0: I kind of thumbed through the file a little bit and shake my head a couple of times, but get through with an idea of the situation and then put the papers back and in the folder.
1: Looks like the rest of the papers that you're flipping through, there's some paperwork that looks like it has pictures of that gray-green plate that's in the box. There's a lot of pictures of missing people, and some of them are circled in Sharpie, like I mentioned there's some pictures of various people reconnaissance pictures like they were taken taken from secret
0: hmm, okay when I flip through the pictures do I recognize anybody in those pictures let me have an int roll sure well he's doing
4: that is there a TV or anything on in here
1: there is a TV up in the corner yeah that's uh, currently playing yes
4: uh, what's it playing it's playing the news No, I'm going to see from what I can see on the news, if there's anything of interest.
1: It looks like current news stories for December 27th. The last date that you can remember clearly is probably about November 15th, November 16th, somewhere in there. So I've lost about a month and a half. That's what it feels like, yes.
0: Huh. And that intelligence role is uh, 40 under 70.
1: 40 under 70? Okay, awesome. One of the pictures, you do recognize Julian in it, and he looks like he is talking to someone, but the picture is not clear as to who the someone he's talking to is. You just see the person is wearing a suit. He's kind of three quarters back to the camera, and it looks like he moved while the photograph was being taken because his head and shoulder part is a blur but it looks like they're doing some sort of clandestine
0: deal. I passed that picture to Cassie. Okay.
2: Take a look. I'm assuming I recognize Julian in the photo.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's not dressed as he is now, but he's, yeah, it's definitely the guy sitting across from you.
2: Is there a date on the back of the photo or anything?
1: There is not. No timestamp.
2: I show the picture to Julian. I'm like, so do you recognize this meeting? Do you know who you're talking to in this photo?
1: Do I? You do not. You don't recognize it as in you know who you were talking to, but you do have a very unexpected feeling when you look at that photo, much like the first time you were waiting to go on a roller coaster as a little kid, that definite uneasy anticipation of what's about to happen, Mm. that feeling bubbles up in your stomach a little bit when you look at that photo. You're not sure why. No, no, I don't recognize that. Anyone who wants to make a human intelligent roll may attempt to do so now, unless Jake, you're attempting to hide any discomfort
4: you're feeling. Oh, well, of course I am. <laughs>
0: Same.
3: I would.
2: I got a 93 over 65. I totally failed that roll. You. Yeah. Yeah,
0: seven under sixty. Seven under
2: sixty. Okay. Oh, I I rolled the wrong thing. My bad.
1: Jake. Make me a persuade roll then. We'll call it persuade. If you're trying to hide your disgust at seeing that photo.
2: Oh, I fumbled.
1: You fumbled.
2: I fumbled. That's what it said.
1: I like that. I like that sound. No, I don't like that. Maybe I like it. Uh, (laughs) No, I failed. Silas doesn't catch it. Morgan, you do not catch it. Yes, it's a fumble. You catch what you think is maybe a sneer on Julian's face. Maybe he does know and he's proud of it or he's amused by it. You definitely saw a sneer Anthony with a seven, you definitely note a moment of unease before he quickly tries to tuck that unease away. You can tell it takes him a moment to do so and he has to make a conscious effort to not look disgusted, afraid. Sure. You're not sure what the since I'm not sure what the emotion is.
0: Okay. Good to know.
1: The waitress comes back over, puts the food down in front of you, puts your two slices of pie, sandwich, and a breakfast down in front of each of you. Here you go, guys. Kind of leans back against the counter again and does that pinching of the bridge of the nose and rubbing her eyes a little.
0: Will there be anything else for you? Uh, not yet. The motel across the way there. Any recommendation on it? Oh, nice
1: place. Yeah, the Sundowner Inn. It's a nice place. Patty runs it. She eats over here all the time. Of course, you know, no surprise there.
0: Well, you're the only game in town, right? She's kind of smiled.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's a clean place. Definitely good for a weary motorist.
0: That is definitely us. All right. Well, appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, maybe a little more coffee. She tops off your cup. Enjoy the pie.
2: Thank you.
1: Mm-hmm. She walks back over to the other end of the counter to give you guys some room to eat.
2: Are we just sitting in a booth? Or where were we sitting?
1: I assumed you guys were in a booth.
2: Right. I'm assuming I'm sitting next to Julian. I take out the keys and nod over to him so I can do his handcuffs so he can eat like a normal person.
4: Oh, that's real nice of you.
2: As I take off the handcuffs, I have, you know, what? I carry a gun and I have a large knife in my boot.
0: Jeez. You just got a sandwich, right? Okay, I take a silverware. Julian,
1: he he calmly reaches across the table and takes your knife and fork away. (laughs) What, don't you trust me?
0: No. No. Not right now. But I got to be honest, I'm trying to figure out what you're doing here. And I look at Silas's character.
3: You and me both. I seem to have figured out why the three of you are here, but I don't see where I fit in.
0: There's a couple of books in that duffel bag. Maybe you take a look at them.
3: You look like a guy that likes to read. Wow. Sure. <laughs> so, I'm not necessarily looking to do a thorough investigation, but I've spent some quality time with this box over the last hour. Yes, you have. Is there anything noteworthy about it, or is it just a box?
1: Okay. As you are carrying this box, one of the things that you happen to note is that the symbols on it are definitely European, and they're pretty old. If you had a little more information to do some research, you could probably nail down where they're from. And you know that that plate that's inside this box is a lot heavier than it should be for its size. What else are you investigating about said box? It also appears that it was sealed previously. Looking at where the two halves of the box meet, it looks like it was sealed with what previously were large amounts of wax, but most of it has now flaked off, so
3: there's just small remnants left. Is that a standard thing to do, or is that something that would have been done in the past and just been left alone?
1: Well, with a 40 in a cult, you do know that there are a couple of religions and numerous practices that will use wax to seal up something malevolent. You do know that there is a cult precedent for such a thing.
3: Okay, so it wasn't necessarily done just for storage, it was part of whatever rituals involved with this. That'd be really creepy if I believed in that kind of thing.
1: If you believed in any of this, the hair on the back of your neck could be standing
3: up. Okay, but now it's just an interesting find. All right. Yeah, if there's books to look through, I'm happy to do so, but I don't know if I've got the space to do that in a booth. Have we finished up eating by this point? Oh, yeah. A couple slices of pie. Julian,
1: you tear through your sandwich or are you savoring each bite? I'm savoring it. Taking my time. Okay. Taking Julian a little while to eat his sandwich. And you have eaten your fill of breakfast while looking at what you can look at. The other two of you, Anthony and Cassie, the pie was quite good, actually. The coffee is been on the burner a little long. The breakfast is a little greasy and the sandwich is pretty good. Decent fare for a diner in the middle of nowhere.
0: Okay.
2: So we know besides I know Julia noticed it, but did any of us notice the TV at all?
1: Looking around the room, you do eventually all notice that there is a TV playing. The ubiquitous small flat screen that's playing looks like CNN.
2: And does it talk about the date or anything?
1: Yeah, it's December 27th.
2: And what's the last date that I remember?
1: The last thing you remember is paying your water bill on November 10th.
2: Oh my gosh. So I've lost seven weeks? Six weeks?
1: Yeah. Finding out that it's six weeks later is more than a little disorienting.
2: Yeah. What have I been doing for the last six weeks? So I'm assuming Anthony and I were the ones taking the surveillance photos of Julian and whoever he was talking to. That's where my brain goes to, but I look at Anthony. I'm like, "What's the last date you remember?"
0: That's a good question, James. What uh, What's the last date I remember?
1: Last date you remember is November 20th.
0: Okay, why would I remember late November?
1: It was your dad's birthday, and you remembered to buy him a card this year because he gave you such grief last year for forgetting to get him a card on his birthday. When in truth, you are actually on an assignment, so you remembered to buy your father a card this year, but that's the last time you remember a clear date as to doing something on a date.
0: Yeah, it must be uh, late November. Why?
2: The last date I remember is I paid my water bill on November 10th, but anything after that... Until today, I don't remember.
0: Listen, it's probably the accident. It'll come back.
2: Let's hope.
3: So when somebody asks a question like that, like right out loud, other people might start thinking about that. Where does my memory start to fail?
1: Your memory is about mid-November. You clearly remember on November 15th, you submitted a paper for peer review, but that's the last day that you remember doing anything clearly date-associated. Okay.
2: I look at Nick and Julian. So, I know what Anthony does for a living. What do you two do for a living?
3: Uh, He's he's got his mouth full. Uh, I I can go first. Uh, I'm actually an anthropology student.
2: And you, Julian? I do stuff. Oh. Stuff. I put my fingers up in quotes.
0: (laughs) Not anymore, you don't.
2: All right. Are we all about done here?
0: Yeah. Seems like.
2: All right. I left handcuffs back on julian and then i get up so i can go pay the bill
1: the rest of you are getting your various accoutrements together and stuff and cassie slides out of the booth gets up and goes over to the register cassie you walk up to the register and it's at the far end of the counter she's standing staring at the register with this kind of blank expression on her face you get all the way up to the register and is standing right in front of her and she's just staring at the buttons
2: ma'am we'd like to pay is that okay
1: she blinks once, and then her eyes snap open all the way. I'm I'm sorry. I must have been who must have been zoning out or something. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you want to pay?
2: I would love to. Are you okay? Are you feeling okay?
1: I have had this pounding headache for a couple hours now, and it's just not going away. I'm sorry. I shouldn't make my problems your problems. Here, she takes the check from you. All right, and your total is, and she rattles off a number and kind of pushes the credit card machine little credit card buttons towards you
2: i reach in my back pocket i hopefully have a wallet or something back there
1: you still have a wallet yep
2: oh good i pull out my debit card and use that in the credit card machine
1: it takes a long long time to certify oh uh, the i'm sorry the credit card machine actually isn't going to work that online is down um do you have cash she crinkles her face up
2: i look in my wallet i'm assuming i have at least some cash
1: you have a little bit of cash yeah i mean you've got enough to cover the bill
2: I hand that over to make sure I include, you know, a pretty nice tip on there as well.
1: That almost cleans you out of cash. She takes it. All right. And your change is?
2: Go ahead and keep the change. You're fine. Oh, thank
1: you. She puts it in her apron, pats her apron, and then goes back to looking at the keys on the keyboard and rub the bridge of her nose.
2: I look at her a little bit cons- with concern on my face, but I uh, turn around and go back to my group.
1: The other three of you, Is she's over there paying the bill, I assume you get up, get your stuff doing anything in particular
0: no nah, we'll probably just meet her at the door
1: jake are you also meeting or are you having to be dragged kick and screaming out of the restaurant
0: well i guess
4: i'll be meeting i'll turn up Silas's character anthropology huh yeah hmm glad that they would send an anthropology student on a prisoner transfer i
3: am not disagreeing with you
4: you guys step out into the chill evening air again and
1: head over across the street to the pink light of the Sundowner Inn Motel. The small building in the front is the check-in office. It is built in a very 1950s way with a small awning and a big pink neon sign that has a palm tree on it, which is ironic because you haven't seen a palm tree since you've gotten here. <laughs> the door has a open sign on it. There's a woman inside behind a desk. You can see it through the windows.
0: Evening, ma'am. She looks up,
1: welcome to the Sundowner Inn. She stands up.
0: We had a car accident up the road. We were looking to find a phone. The diner's phone lines are down, evident.
1: Oh, yeah, that's that's the same line we use. I don't think it's going to work. They usually get it fixed within a couple hours, though. Is anyone hurt? I can, I mean, I, I could try.
0: No, we're we're all right for now. What are the rates here like?
1: They're actually pretty reasonable. She goes over the paperwork with you. For a single, you're looking at 45 a night. For a double, you are looking, obviously, with the additional bed, you're going to be looking at 65 a night. And then we only have one triple, and it's currently being used.
0: All right, just give me... Um...
2: Do we want to do two doubles next to each other?
0: Yeah, two doubles is fine.
2: Do you have any next to each other with a door that can go between the room?
1: We don't. Mm. We can get you next door, room one and room two. Sounds great. All right, fantastic. She does some work on a 1991 desk computer. You can actually hear the keys. Clackety clack, 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 clackety clack. She seems nice enough. Wearing a name tag that says Patricia. And then she finally looks up. All right. And your total will be, um, is this going to be charged to one card or multiple cards?
0: It'll be cash.
1: Cash? Okay, fantastic. Tap, tap, tappity,
0: tap. All right. Then your total comes to 2130. I go through my wallet, relieve myself of probably a large share of my cash. A good portion of your cash, yes.
1: She takes it and she gives you the appropriate change. Hands you two keys. It has literally R1 and R2 on it. Make sure you get a receipt. Just sign here, please. Thank you. All right. And it's going to be room one and room two. As you exit the building, it'll be on the south end.
0: All right. Thanks. I take the keys. Absolutely. Head towards the motel.
1: You guys head down to the rooms. Room one and two, you can see on the map there. Who gets room one? Who gets room two? I'll
0: take room two, and I'll take custody of Jake's character and give the other key to Cassie.
1: He hands you the key to room one. Says R1 on it. You enter your rooms. Here is a, a sage green carpet with a slightly darker green blankets on the beds. The beds are double-sized. You know, it's a fairly nice sized bed for each of you. There is a smaller room here, which you assume is the bathroom and a dresser that butts up against it facing the door that you walked in. There's a window on the back and a window on the front. All in all, it's a pretty comfortable
3: little room.
2: Great. Did Nicholas follow me in here?
3: Nicholas, are you hanging out in the parking lot? I assume that is my accommodations for the evening, so I will follow. You enter room two. Anthony and Julian, you enter room one. Are you
1: just dropping your stuff off and heading up to room two, or are you guys basically bedding down for a little while and rubbing the tootsies <laughs> using the bathroom? Which, by the way, most of you have to at this point.
0: I think break time, is. this is the perfect time for it.
1: You plop down on the bed. Julian, what are you doing?
4: I will take a really good look around the room.
1: Pretty nice little place. Has a very SoCal, Malibu, 50s, pseudo-tropical
4: feel to it. Yeah, I've, I'm sure I've spent worse nights in worse places, so
1: oh definitely you spend long nights in worse places actually you both have this isn't a terrible room there's no one dead under the mattress that we know of yet that you know of yet as you haven't flipped the mattresses up this is a perfect place for you guys to rest so you bed down looking over at a what you assume to be a convicted criminal in your room Nicholas are you digging into the
3: books at all when you get into the room unless I am completely overcome with the need to sleep I would take a look at them. first thought Are these my books? Did I bring them? Or are these somebody else's books? You don't recognize any of the books or the paperwork
1: that's in here. There's the small, thin book of poetry. There's the small leather-bound book that's held shut with a rubber band. When you take the rubber band off and look inside of it, it looks like a journal. And the textbook-like book that looks like it's a translation book. A guide to language,
3: perhaps? From and to which languages slovic or russian Ukrainian, that area looking at some of the other things is anything else written in said languages or not digging into the duffel bag at the bottom you do
1: find a piece of folded up leather that is covered in writings and the writing is difficult to discern because it's extremely old but It does look to be written in a very, very early
3: version of Ukrainian. So that's interesting for all sorts of reasons. Assuming there are no interruptions, I would absolutely love to take some time and try to figure out what that is and what it's all about. So what are you digging into first before we wrap up tonight? Which which book or resource? Let's start with the most recent and sort through that, that piece of leather with old, old, old writing on it make me an anthropology role okay nothing you
1: recognize but maybe with more research i'm gonna go ahead and bring this to a close tonight i want to thank everyone for listening i hope you enjoyed yourself in uh, act one of our investigation here we hope you guys will join us next time